Imagine that Pontius Pilate had been interviewed by a newspaper reporter on Good Friday, right after he condemned our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to death. Presuming for a moment that they had newspapers back then, which of course they didn't. You have to use your imagination here. If that reporter had asked him, why? Why did you do it, Pilate? Why did you condemn Jesus of Nazareth to death, even though you knew he was innocent? How do you think Pilate would have answered? I'll tell you what I believe he would have said. I think he would have said something like this. Oh, yes, I know Jesus of Nazareth was innocent. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. The chief priests and the religious leaders of the Jews came to me, and they accused Jesus of being a political revolutionary and a threat to Caesar, but I knew better. I could tell right away the man was no threat. He had no political aspirations whatsoever. He was a little delusional, yes. He spoke about having a kingdom in some other world. But there's no crime in being delusional. Now, in most cases like this, I would let the accused go immediately, no questions asked. But Jesus' case was different. In this particular situation, given the circumstances, I think I did what the right thing was to do. Sure, I killed an innocent man, I know that. But there are times when killing the innocent can be the right course of action. Think about it. Think about my situation here. These people were ready to riot in the streets, this crowd that was before me. Well, if they had done that, I would have ordered my soldiers immediately to get that crowd under control, and probably a number of people would have died, or at least many would have been injured. So my act of condemning Jesus to death, as regrettable as it was, probably saved many lives, certainly saved many people from getting hurt. And not only that, because I gave the crowd what they wanted, think of how much more respect they will now have for me and for my office and for my authority as procurator. Even though I'm a Roman, a foreigner, a Gentile, the Jews will probably think of me in a much more positive way in the future. Now, you see, these are all good things that have come about because of the death of one innocent man named Jesus. I think it was well worth it. My brothers and sisters, Pontius Pilate was what we would call a moral relativist. A moral relativist is somebody who believes that, as the old saying goes, Everything is relative. In other words, there's nothing that's always right. There's nothing that's always wrong. There's no such thing as objective moral truth. That's precisely the way Pilate thought. Which is why when Jesus said to him, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice, he responded by saying, truth? <laughs> what is that? For the relativist, right and wrong are determined by circumstances, 
or by feelings, or by personal preferences, or by some other subjective criterion. For the relativist, what's right for one person might not be right for the next person. Our Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI, has been extremely vocal, and that's actually putting it mildly, in his condemnation of moral relativism during his pontificate, as was Pope John Paul II before him. And these guys are really smart. They know what they're talking about. Even while he was still a cardinal, Benedict called relativism the greatest problem of our time. And he chooses his words carefully. He was not exaggerating. Then in 2005, after he became Pope, he said, relativism, which recognizes nothing as definitive, leaves as the ultimate criterion only the self with its desires. And as we all know, sometimes our desires as human beings are not the best ones. This, my brothers and sisters, is a prescription for conflict and disaster, living in a relativistic world. It's a prescription for disaster in families and everywhere else in society because it means that each person thinks that he or she should be able to live by his or her own rules. Can you imagine a family where everybody lives by their own rules? <laughs> Good luck having peace in that household. Can you imagine a country where everybody lived by their own rules? Well, you might not have to imagine that in the near future because that kind of country, that kind of world is fast becoming a reality. And it will become a reality, mark my words, unless we do something about it, unless we do something to stop it. I hope it's not news to anybody here that our civil government is currently being run to a great extent by moral relativists. Moral relativists of both parties and of no party affiliation, the so-called independents. Some of these relativists will call themselves Catholic or Christian, but don't be fooled. The policies and the laws they support show where they're really at. Those things indicate their allegiance to relativism, not to Jesus Christ, the King. And you know the people I'm talking about, the ones who say, oh yes, I am personally opposed to that, but I can't impose my morality on anybody else. Well, thanks a lot, buddy, because those other people will then impose their immorality on you and on the rest of us. Or these people say, I am a Catholic, but... Someone once said they wondered how many Catholics are going to hell on their butts. Hmm, a good question. You know what? Pontius Pilate would be extremely proud of these politicians because those are precisely the kinds of things that he would say. Oh yes, I am personally opposed to the death of this innocent man, Jesus of Nazareth, but I can't impose my personal belief on this angry mob that's in front of me. Oh yes, I am the Roman procurator, 
who's supposed to make sure that justice is done here. But in this case, I think it's okay to dispense with justice. Please hear me, my brothers and sisters. A relativistic world is a very dangerous world. You want to know why our world is becoming more and more dangerous? It's because it's more and more becoming relativistic. Why is this the case? Well, because if there are no universal moral laws, evil people will very often go unpunished. Sometimes they will even get rewarded for their evil. And good people will often be condemned in a relativistic world, just like Jesus our Lord and Savior. By the way, as far as I'm concerned, moral relativism can be very easily refuted with one simple question. I hope this doesn't offend anyone, but it really needs to be said. If you ever encounter a relativist who says to you something to this effect, oh, you Catholics, you take all this law stuff too seriously, there's nothing that's always right, there's nothing that's always wrong, there's no such thing as objective moral truth, it's all relative. Somebody says that kind of thing to you, say to that person, okay, then let me ask you one simple question. When, when would it be morally permissible to rape a child? You've just told me that there are no moral absolutes whatsoever. You've told me that everything depends on circumstances. Well, all right, then you tell me under what circumstances would that behavior be morally acceptable? Unless you are dealing with a mentally deranged individual, this should help that other person to see that there is at least one universal moral norm, that we must never, ever violate a child in that way. And of course, if there is one universal moral norm, my question, my next question would be, why can't there be others? Chris Stefanik, who speaks to teenagers all over the country, he spoke to some of our teens a few weeks ago at a retreat in Connecticut. Chris wrote a great little booklet last year entitled, Absolute Relativism, the New Dictatorship and What to Do About It. And in that little booklet, he listed eight bad effects of relativistic thinking. I'll conclude my homily today by sharing these with you very briefly. Number one, he says, relativism robs us of a sense of meaning, of meaning in life. And that should be obvious. If there's no right and wrong, then it doesn't matter what we do here on this earth. And so there can be no ultimate consequences to our actions, good and bad. So life is essentially meaningless. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you feel like doing. Number two, relativism leaves us with no criterion for moral decision-making but personal taste. Again, do what you feel like. doesn't matter. Number three, relativism deprives children of formation. You see, you can't teach your children right from wrong if there's nothing that's objectively right and nothing that's objectively wrong. You can teach them your opinion, yeah, but that's about it. 
Number four, relativism separates us from one another. It divides. As I said earlier, if we each do our own thing, we will be in constant conflict with each other. And that's the way it is, isn't it? More and more in our society right now. Number five, relativism undermines the right to life. The example of Pilate's condemnation of Jesus shows us that. As a relativist, Pontius Pilate had no problem robbing an innocent man of his right to life. None whatsoever. He did it with ease. Number six, relativism makes it easy for those in authority to manipulate others. And you want an example of that, a timely one? Just think of the health and human services mandate and how that's going to affect Catholics all over this country. That is manipulation, that is coercion, at its absolute worst, courtesy of our government. Number seven, relativism puts the freedom of speech under attack. See, if those in power decide that you should not be allowed to voice your opinion, that will be the law. And there's no way you'll be able to argue against it. You can't say, that's wrong. They'll say, who are you to say that's wrong? I'll say what's right and wrong. And finally, relativism destroys faith. That also should be obvious. After all, if nothing about God is objectively true, then the whole basis of our religious practice goes right out the window. My message to you this morning, my brothers and sisters, is really very simple. Learn to recognize this. Learn to recognize relativism, the relativism that's around us all the time, and learn to resist it, to actively resist it. And teach your children and your grandchildren and your siblings and your friends and your co-workers to do the same thing. For their own sakes. And also for the sake of the survival of our country.